1: Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Holla talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well...
0: marketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're doing our year-end review.
1: You know what, buddy? So this is our Friday flight, and typically we cover the headlines that we've come across this past week that we felt were most important to talk about. And with this being the last Friday, not only of the week, but of oh, the I, entire year. I thought you were going to say of all time. Of and all, I was like, what do you know that I don't know? The world is coming to an end. <laughs> no, we, we did feel that we it was important. We were on the street corner of this, uh, this past <laughs> week <laughs> preaching that to everyone. We wanted to cover the best, uh, the most important, kind of like the overarching stories that impacted us the most from this past year. And so we're not just talking about the headlines from this week. We're talking about the headlines of 2022. Yeah. And 2022
0: was an interesting year. There was a lot that happened. And so I think it's good for us to like reflect... We see that every single year, though, you know. No, but but I feel I feel like this year was particularly. It was different. It was Is fascinating, it, and especially hopefully it calms down. It deviated a lot from what's sure. been happening in recent years in a whole bunch of different ways, and there was a whole lot of news to follow. Like I yeah. feel like our Friday flights, like uh, were. It's only gotten more interesting. Yeah, I think, <laughs> like every single week, it felt like there was something important to tell the audience, and so we're not just doing these for our health, right? Uh, no. We're doing it for your financial health, though. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, uh, we'll continue Friday flights, obviously, going on every Friday yeah. next year. But this, we were like, let's do one where we're just reflecting on the insanity that was 2022. Yes. And the big takeaways, really,
1: that we had from totally. this year. Um, but but seriously, ever since we started the Friday flight with at the beginning of 2020, like, it's only gotten... Like nuttier and nuttier. (laughs) Hopefully, no additional pandemics in our future, but the news has definitely been worth covering. For sure. Before we get to
0: our our year in review, though, I just want to quickly mention listener Nathan, he sent us an email uh, last month and we just hadn't gotten around to talking about it yet, but he mentioned this uh, a couple cool tools, one called Simple Login, another called and on Addy. And these tools can help you create email aliases in order to protect your privacy online, making it harder for different companies to track you and stuff like that. So I thought this was interesting, Matt. It's not something I've really okay. thought about a whole What's lot. What's the
1: tracking aspect of it? I didn't look into it. So. Well, so
0: I th- it sounds like basically like if they have your direct email address, there's ways in which they know have more information about you. But if you're creating yeah. alias email addresses that are like, it, it, it's, it's harder for them to pinpoint who you are as a person and they they, they they know less about you if you do that. Or they're creating
1: that dossier on you. I'm so, not an expert. Nathan writes a blog about this he's, stuff. He's the security guy. So I will link to his blog yes. post but, in the show notes. And there are certain folks, I think, who are less comfortable putting their email address out there. Sure. Like, personally... I'm not one of those guys. Like anytime there's a like a lot of times there's a sign up and it's like, hey, give us your email and yeah. you get this free Atlanta United flag, or hey, <laughs> give us your email and you get a chance to spin the wheel and maybe you'll win a free beer. I'm all about that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I've got zero fee. That's a trade off we're hey, taking. Hey, my email, everybody. It's altmix at gmail dot com. If you want to hit me up, <laughs> go for it. You're going the LifeLock route here. You're just announcing it to everybody. <laughs> and uh, Joel's social security is yeah, two sixty three uh-huh. seventy eight. Let's do that and we'll we'll pause right there. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't know your social security by heart. Well,
0: yeah, if you're into that, though, and online privacy is something that matters to you, uh, then email aliases, I think, are an interesting tool to be able to protect your privacy sure. online totally. and, and kind of create individual email addresses without literally creating one every single time. You yep. don't want to give a marketer or a company your uh, your specific email and some of your specific information. Exactly. So.
1: But that being said, if your email is getting out there, I mean, I, w- I would just su- suggest to ruthlessly unsubscribe to stuff for sure i feel like i've been doing a lot more of that here towards the end of the year because you know when you start the day and you look and you've got like 30 new emails and <laughs> i don't really want to look at two-thirds of them well uh, two-thirds th- of them are trash they're trash and yeah. that's that's when i'm like okay unsubscribe. a lot of times i just hit delete because that's the power that's the fast move right just bam 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 you so just going to keep coming later e- on so. exactly so you just take the slightly longer route and actually unsubscribe but, Joel, yeah, like like you said, it's been a challenging year for a lot of folks, uh, at least from a, a money perspective. The roaring economy of 2021 has led to what feels essentially like a slowdown this year here in 2022. But whether or not we are in a recession, I think that kind of depends on your definition. It's hard to say. I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see if... Very soon, they're like, hey, we're in a recession. And we have been. Yeah. <laughs> For whenever the data came out, well, like maybe six months ago, I guess, is when the data came out. It's hard to say. Uh, but we have seen double digit losses in the stock market. We've seen a labor market cool off. We've seen uh, the housing market essentially grind to a halt because, I mean, multiple things, right? A combination of, of high prices, rising interest rates. But as we learn from many of the how to money listener wins that we shared a few weeks ago on, on our Wednesday episode. Despite headwinds, a lot of folks out there have crushed it this year, and they've been able to just make accelerated progress towards their financial goals. And by the way,
0: we got like double the amount of submissions we were able to use. Mm-hmm. Sadly, like we would love to share them all, but we, we were even just wish getting we could. emails from people after the fact saying, hey, I missed it, but let me share with you. And the which, amount of progress that some of our listeners were able to make was astounding.
1: Which, by the way, we love. Yeah. Because... It's one thing to Alt kind of... Altmakesitgmail.com. <laughs> or how <laughs> money pod. Or gmail. Joel Guard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to say yours. That's if you don't want yours out there. It's, that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but just the, the macro environment that we're in, uh, it can certainly help or hurt your personal progress. But there's still a lot that we can do to change and advance our own goals in spite of what is happening in the economy all around us as a whole. There are things yeah. that we can do as individuals. That is really encouraging, but we still do want to make sure that we cover some of the biggest stories that we came across from this past year. Yeah.
0: I mean, like some people ask us from time to time, like, what's the impetus behind the Friday flight? Why do you do it? Because your advice doesn't necessarily change a whole lot based on what's happening. I mean, sometimes it's like as interest rates go up, it changes the dynamics, let's say, of whether or not you should buy a house. Like there are things that happen on a micro scale that do impact our micro actions. But like our our general advice on so many things doesn't change. It doesn't move with the whims of the market, right? Yeah. And we, so, we might
1: tweak it slightly here, yeah, and there for sure. There are ways, especially if some of these trends continue, sure, uh, that it, it can have a, a longer-lasting impact. Yeah, but as opposed to the headline of the week.
0: But I like that you noted that people made made significant progress. No matter what's going on, it's like we're, we're going to talk about a bunch of things that, that went on this year. But uh, no matter what is happening in our economy, there are ways for you to not just survive but thrive in almost any environment, really. That comes our way, and so let's talk about the big stories of this year, Matt. Inflation and interest rate rises—they were, I would say, basically the top two stories, tied together sure. and yeah. tied at the uh, connected at the hip. So let's discuss
1: those for a minute because like fraternal twins. Yeah, exactly, and uh, <laughs> not identical. They're not exactly the same, but man, they sure do look similar. That's true. Yeah, they
0: same family. They're uh, related. Exactly, <laughs> lot lot in common. Well, uh, in, inflation is something that we've all felt acutely this year, and. It's a big story largely because we haven't experienced inflation like this in something like 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. So it's for uh, most of us who are under the age of 40, which is all of us, except for you now, Matt, who just turned 40. Well, that's uh, right. Uh, th- th- we haven't experienced this. You were uh, fresh out of the womb in diapers, Matt, when you experienced this last. Mm-hmm. And although inflation is starting to ease up a little, it's going to be a while before it's back where Fed officials want it, back to that like. Annual 2% sort of range. Um, We don't know exactly how long it's going to take, but that's where we're trying to get back to. But car prices, energy prices, food prices, all those things shot through the roof in a shock to our wallets. And depending on what our consumption looked like, it impacted us all in different ways, right? If you were replacing a car in 2022, you probably paid more than you would otherwise. And if you were downsizing your fleet, you made out like a bandit because you sold a car that you bought for $10,000 for 12500 because you took advantage of inflation in the car market. But in an effort to combat these rising prices, the Fed, of course, has been using the only instrument at its disposal, really, or one of the two instruments it has at its disposal. It's been making money more expensive by raising interest rates. And it's this fairly blunt tool that seems to be doing the job. But this is a story that's going to continue to be a big one in 2023. But hopefully, for all our sakes, it's not going to be quite as headline worthy as it's
1: been. That's right. Yeah, speaking of food prices, I was literally recent uh, just yesterday at Aldi purchasing some eggs and was shocked to see of oh. course Aldi because they yeah. are the most affordable. But dude, I, I think it was still earlier earlier this year. Yes, earlier this year. Egg uh, prices are up something close to 50%. I remember which is the bur- uh, bird egg, egg prices close to be uh being close to a yeah. dollar. And they were almost 5 bucks. I could not believe For that. For a dozen? For a dozen? Regular eggs, dude. Like this wow. wasn't the organics. This this wasn't chickens uh, that that are just like walking around <laughs> laying eggs. You know, like these are chickens that are like caged up. Yeah. <laughs> like the regular eggs. Not I the cage-free not ones that got massages every no, day. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I think a lot of folks have been experiencing some of those inflated prices at the grocery store. But gas prices, they they've been up in the stratosphere as well, and then they actually cratered back down near to where they were uh, at the start of this year. Well, that's good news for folks who drive a ton. And those prices were partly impacted by raging inflation, sure, but also because of the war uh, that's happening in Ukraine that Russia is perpetrating. Uh, But right now, gas prices are south of $3 a gallon in much of the country, which is awesome. Uh, Definitely here in the state of Georgia, I think we've got some of the lowest gas prices. Uh, But the national average is getting closer to crossing that point as well, that $3 threshold. But that being said, uh, gas prices, they definitely have a real impact on our budgets. We need to keep in mind that oftentimes we, we tend to overestimate how much we're spending on gas, uh, even when prices are north of $5 a gallon. Yeah. And a reason for that is because this is literally a price that we see everywhere we go. Like you drive down the road and it's plastered, you know, on the side of the sign. It's like a, a tiny, giant font. Tiny billboard on every street. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so we feel the pain more intensely. Uh, And so the tip that we would recommend for folks is we want you to perhaps focus a little bit less on gas prices. And instead, we want you to focus more on your overall cost of transportation, including the depreciation hit that you're taking each and every year on the car that you own. We want you to focus on not just what it is that it's, it costs you to fill up at the pump, but how much you're paying for that car, whether or not you're buying new or used uh, and in particular the cost of maintenance, things like that, but definitely the, yeah, the depreciation that you hit uh, that you assume as well.
0: Yeah. If you are driving a 06 Toyota Corolla and you opted to sell it for $5,000 and upgrade to a Tesla because gas prices were out of this world. But you only drive 7,000 miles a year. That was short-sighted, right? Like that's not the kind of move we want you to make and and holding on to that Corolla is going to be much better for your finances overall. And so gas prices, they are a story of this year, but they're also one we want you to ignore more than you pay attention to. And hopefully, hopefully for all our sakes gas prices remain low, right? <laughs> remain sure. near where they are right now. But uh, soaring inflation, I would say, had one bright spot, Matt. And if you're playing a how to money drinking game uh, this year, <laughs> when you were listening to Friday flights, you probably, uh, let's say you had to take a shot every time we mentioned I bonds, you probably had too much to drink a, a, a couple times at least this year, <laughs> because starting at the very beginning of 2022. Yeah. I bonds became a significant story. One that we kept talking about as inflation was roaring. It's one of those things where you can make out like a bandit by putting some of your savings, at least, into I-bonds. And by the way, don't play drinking games while you're listening to our show. Come on. No. Uh, but but even as savings rates rose, I-bonds were basically the best refuge for savers, as rates were close to 10%. Now they're closer to 7%. But uh, yeah, they're still a smart, medium-term savings vehicle for lots of folks. And runaway inflation, of course, it's a bad thing. But that silver lining has been kind of uh, the nice run-up in options for savers, who had few to no options for a un- Lot of years. And then it, it, they got a rainy day fund in a savings account. Half a percent was about the best you could expect to get. But now we're talking about 4% uh, or, or even more on some of these savings vehicles, which is just really good to see. So, on the flip side, <laughs> rates on credit cards have been going up. That is likely to continue. So, pay off that debt quickly. Very short lived silver lining, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> but at least there was something. Back to the bad news. Yeah. Inflation, mostly bad. And rates going up, mostly bad for a lot of things. But there, there are some bright spots alongside of it, too.
1: Sure. And in, in, in addition to the higher uh, interest rates we've seen on credit cards, we've seen higher mortgage rates as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we kind of touched on that there at the beginning, but higher mortgage inter- interest rates, quickly rising price of houses. Unfortunately, that has left a lot of folks who have been hunting for a place, you know, with, in the housing market, just with the inability to purchase a home. And yeah. So for, for those folks, yeah, we would recommend to hang in there, continue to sock that money away in a savings account. And even though overall the housing market is it's, it's in a tight spot, it's not in a good good position right now. But even still, there is the ability to find a deal on an individual level. Yes, yeah. mortgage rates are high. Yes, the prices of homes have skyrocketed. Uh, but keep your eyes open, right? Like look for those for sale, those FISBOs, look, uh, ask around, talk to your neighbors. There is still the ability to, to find a deal wherever it is that you live. Overall market trends don't look good on a personal level. That doesn't mean that you can't find a deal. I think you definitely can. Let's keep moving. Let's talk about cryptocurrencies, Joel. So essentially, everyone's calling what we're in right now. sort of like the crypto winter. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it's, right now it's got more... Or in crypto Siberia. It's, it's like the tundra. It's got more <laughs> like Narnia-like elements, right? Like this uh, this crypto dip. It certainly feels more like an internal winter or Christmas... It never comes, (laughs) more than it does a short seasonal bout of cold weather. Uh, Even before, actually, we we knew about uh, Sam Bankman-Freed, before we knew about the FTX fraud, insanity, we asked a friend of the show, crypto expert Stacy Marie Ishmael. Uh, We talked with her back in episode 583, but we were curious as to whether or not crypto was going extinct. And that was a, a difficult question to answer, but it certainly feels like crypto was in the right place. At the right time to take advantage of just the massive influx of cash in people's pockets while they were simultaneously forced to stay home, right? Right. It's like, hey, normally you're used to spending your money in all of these different kinds of ways also, you're only used to receiving this much money. We're going to give you this much more money. And then crypto was able to slide into those DMs and said, hey, <laughs> put your money towards me. It certainly fueled a rise in speculation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't know if the blockchain is ever going to make a difference in our day to day. Will any of these crypto coins, will they have a use case scenario? We are not sure of the future of that. But if 2022 has, has taught us anything, it's just really, it's honestly reinforced our belief that speculating in unregulated markets that it can have devastating effects on your personal finances.
0: Yeah. And some folks bet the farm, right? They they bet vast amounts of their investable assets on this new form of currency, largely because they saw the trend and they wanted to follow the trend. They too wanted to make money overnight or quickly mm-hmm. right and that was ill advised but as assets pr- prices were soaring they just they wanted to get on the gravy train and they wanted to make sure they weren't left on the sidelines while all their friends were getting rich they bought into even some of the hype of high profile athletes and actors touting crypto on uh, Super Bowl ads and Instagram ads and yeah. like the, the Justin Bieber's of this world and the Kim Kardashian's, not to mention the Tom Brady's. I mean, like lots of influential people, all and the celebrities
1: were getting NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> and they had laser eyes in <laughs> their Twitter profiles. Yes. And
0: so it just made sense that we got in on the boom as well. Right. And stadiums being named after crypto trading <laughs> platforms. There was so much like legitimacy being uh, given to a lot of these companies as they associated with
1: high-profile people and made some of these bigger deals, it felt like it had gone mainstream. Yeah, I mean, it basically did, right? I mean, not only was it in our popular culture, but then the fact that institutional investors were also... I mean, I think that's only increased this year. And so it's not that... In that sense, it, there's not still a whole lot of attention being given to it, but there was certainly way too much of that going on in previous years, and yeah. we've seen that correction. We, I mean, year. I wish we were, we'd were we gone
0: back and actually pulled some clips from what you and I had said this year about crypto. We talked about how we invested a very, very small amount of nope. our personal Mm -hmm. assets in crypto. Very small amount. No more than 5%. And and that was what we have. That's always what we've said when it comes to single stocks and crypto investing. That's right. Matt and I, you, you invested. We both invested enough to where if we lost it all, if Bitcoin went to zero, we wouldn't care like it it yep. has it no suck. material impact on I don't like losing
1: money <laughs> right right
0: that's not that's not what we want but, exactly but and that's what we, we told everyone we didn't bet the farm throughout out. although there were a lot of people <laughs> saying this is the future get in on the ground floor and a lot of people obviously harmed this year in the crypto space and so what is the what is 2023 going to hold for crypto I don't know I don't have any predictions but I did think it was interesting a new survey uh, showed that only 8% of Americans have a positive view of cryptocurrencies now. <laughs> that seems about right. Yeah. And I <laughs> I get it. I mean, I think uh, I'm surprised it's even that high. But even if you're still keen on what the cryptocurrency space is going to be, be able to do moving forward, keep your exposure small. It's yes. nothing if not volatile. Mm-hmm. And so even if you believe in it, like do the boring stuff first don't go too hard in an unproven space. That's right.
1: Continue to eat your fruits and vegetables and meat or whatever the USDA <laughs> recommends now. I feel like they always change it up. Like a lot every, of bread. I think they <laughs> still recommend a lot of bread. Every few years. Which is still surprising to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, not only in the crypto market, but we've seen a mass, do we need? massive downturn in just the regular stock market as well. And I think that's worth mentioning because like, I mean, we, we saw a significant dip back in 2020 when the pandemic hit. But that was just a flash in the pan. Like literally a few months later, we're back to normal. Uh, And so like if you erase that, which I kind of (laughs) do in my mind, like we haven't seen a bear market like this. Like I mean, earlier this this year in October, we were down something like 25 percent. And so this is the first seriously down market that a lot of folks, a lot of our listeners have ever experienced. We haven't had something like this since 2009. And I think a lot of individuals feel a little bit nervous because they're, they're they're for the first time, they're realizing that, wait a minute, it doesn't always go up and to the right. <laughs> <laughs> and so we don't want you to get freaked out about this. We want you to continue investing like you always have. You will be wealthier in the future yeah. as long as you continue to invest now. Buying now, still a good thing. Still Actually, a, good thing. a better thing than it
0: was in January. That's February, right. Right. All right, Matt, there's more stories that we got to get to in our year-end review. We're going to talk about the job market, student loans, and kind of a, a few other things that we thought really defined 2022 as a year, at least from a personal finance perspective. We'll we'll get to those right after this. AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP
1: volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans.
0: We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations... Or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
1: Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house. Or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, man, we are back from the break. We're talking about the, uh, the biggest overarching stories from this year. And normally when we come back from the break, we do the uh, ludicrous headline of the week. Mm-hmm. But really, pretty much everything we're talking about today, is, it's not a specific headline that's stupid. But they are pretty big stories that have had a fairly significant impact on the financial sector and then in turn our personal finances. But let's talk about sort of the, the job market. Mania that we've seen this year, because I feel like like two words kind of defined the job market: uh, worker leverage. I was thinking about saying great resignation, <laughs> yeah, but that was last year. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess that technically kind of continued into this year, but the the first half of the year, I mean, we saw something close to the hottest job market that we have ever seen in recent memory. Um, like the help wanted signs, they were everywhere, right? Like uh, sign up bonuses, they were also all the rage. Like yeah. truck drivers. Uh, fast food workers—they were seeing those in abundance. Like I think it's a thousand
0: bucks if you will sign up to flip burgers at Wendy's and agree to stick around for three months. That inter- kind of
1: stuff. Interviewers were just getting stood up left and right. I think yeah. it was earlier this That's year right. that Kate and I were on a road trip, and right off of the exit, uh, there is a is—you know—you see the giant Starbucks sign. I was like, I need some coffee. Make sure I stay alert. And it was totally during normal business hours, and they were closed. And they had a sign on there, and it says, it just said, "We do not have enough staff to yeah. stay open." Yeah. It was. A crazy time to try to get a coffee or some fast food <laughs> earlier this year. But uh, many of our listeners took advantage of this robust job market to grow their income in a meaningful way. Uh, we shared stats about how much more job jumpers were making than folks who, who stayed put where they were. And, you know, depending on which study you believe, like the average job switcher made between 10 to 15% more than they did in their previous position. But there's a, I guess, a downside to this, right? Because on the flip side, because of inflation, the majority of folks who did stay put uh, at, their, at their jobs this past year, they actually made less money on an inflation-adjusted scale because inflation, like we talked about before the break, was so high this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the phenomenon
0: was like, it was more pronounced than it usually is, thanks to the massive number of for-hire signs that were that were out there and the lack of workers to fill those roles. But even as the labor market normalizes, this is still going to be a smart move for lots of folks who want a better position with higher pay moving forward, right? You, you might not want to make this an annual tradition, right? You don't necessarily (laughs) want to like uh, get every nine months or 10 months, like stick your resume out there and try to get a different job. That can, we would say over time, harm your resume and therefore your ability to keep jumping around for a raise. But moving jobs to make more money every two to three years, it can be a key way to increase your income over time. A lot of people found that out this year. Some of our listeners, Matt, have talked about being able to make 30, 40, 50% more by opting to go somewhere else right one of our one of our listeners got like
1: a hundred thousand dollar pay raise that's insane you, you remember that yeah
0: <laughs> I mean like it's it's for real it's a it's a way uh. to use your skills and find somebody else wants you more than your current employer lots mm-hmm. of times and by the way it's not all about money that's not worth saying either because if you love what you do and who you work with it's more than okay to stay put it just means that you'll have a little more work to do when it comes to n- negotiating that raise True. in-house it's It's not as easy, right? It's not as much of a slam dunk, but if you can figure out what your value is in the marketplace and then help your employer understand that through data <laughs> or through even another sure. job offer, a competitive job offer, that can allow you to stay put, but get the money that you deserve also.
1: Yeah, it's one of the ways that hopefully pay transparency will uh, continue to empower and allow employees the ability to negotiate those higher salaries. And that, that was like a, a smaller story this year, but that was another yeah. story. Pay
0: transparency yeah. laws going into effect and how smaller that...
1: Smaller story because of the, the pay ranges that were then put out there as opposed <laughs> to like here's a specific also salary. Also because there were a were, lot of big stories this year, uh, yeah, right? Exactly. But
0: you you're right. Like that's another thing that can hopefully will over time help employees help everyday Americans be able to make more money because they're able to see publicized salary
1: ranges, giving them yeah, more uh, options when it comes to negotiating. Totally. Let's talk about student loans. The, uh, the lack of student loans, I should say, uh, of those payments. And then the, the forgiveness yo-yo that has been a, a top story as well this year that has had massive impacts on a big chunk of our uh, listening audience, not having to make those payments for for what's coming up on, like we're we're getting close to three years now. That was a a welcome respite for many. Uh, And a lot of folks have been able to use this downtime just to accomplish some of the other more significant financial goals goals that they might have, right? Where they're uh, able to accelerate their progress in a big way. And, you know, we thought that these student loans were going to resume in January, but nope. It's not going to happen uh, because of the the president's student loan forgiveness declaration. That it's it's faced quite a, a few legal hurdles. Uh, and he's, he's opted to extend that payment restart date until there's, there's just some more firm information on the forgiveness front, uh, which is now set to be heard by the Supreme Court in the spring. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's really anyone's guess as to what the outcome of that case will be. And like we've talked about, in the past, it would not be a bad idea to uh, practice your payments. Maybe that's just taking that payment amount, setting it aside in a little bucket off to the side, uh, a sinking fund or a savings bucket in your savings account, but just starting to get used to that dollar amount coming out of your monthly budget could be extremely helpful. And like, yeah, just think about setting it aside now. It'll be less painful once that
0: finally, the payment does finally start to resume, which we don't know when that's going to be. That could be July. That could be August. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we don't know yet, but we'll yeah. keep you we'll keep you up to speed on that. But And then um, you'll have
1: the practice of having done that. And also you'll have a chunk of a money chunk sitting of money. In there that you can put towards a down payment or maybe- Or a lump go... sum payment towards those student loans, yeah. if, that's, if that's a better idea for yeah. you, if you want to pay down your
0: debt more quickly. There you go. And student loans, of course, they, they've been this major topic of conversation, thanks to these legal and political battles with massive stakes for tens of millions of folks. And uh, it's been kind of frustrating to watch Matt in a lot of ways because the way this was done was kind of more like politically expedient as opposed to going sure. through the proper channels in order to, make sure that it that it's stuck and it's left a lot of people in limbo but this it's been is real herky jerky yes and this is going to be continue to be a major story in 2023 i think if you know year are in wrap up at the end of next year we're still going to be talking about well, student yeah, loans in yeah. a big way. That's true. Um, I wish it weren't the case, right? I'm a bit tired of the whiplash, as I'm sure many of our, <laughs> our listeners are. But hopefully, we'll have a, a firm resolution. It's before like I'm too sitting long.
1: in the passenger seat while Joel's learning how to right. drive
0: stick. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good days. Those are good days. Uh, yeah, I stalled out many times, even on busy streets, which was a little frightening. But that's uh, riding and stalling out on a steep hill <laughs> 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 at a stoplight. Well, I think another Matt, another major story, and one that we covered a fair amount this uh, this year on the show was the rise of buy bin- Pay later, uh, like I feel like we talked about a lot about that in our Friday flight uh, segments mm-hmm. as well. Like think about Amazon adopting it as a payment method on their site, yeah. and uh, I think p- acquiring a stake in one of those companies as well. Yeah, we've just seen a proliferation of people- Klarna,
1: pe- Affirm, yeah. Afterpay. Afterpay,
0: People being able to buy stuff in installments over time, yeah. as opposed to having to fork over all that money at once. And so, like you, got yeah, you can pay for virtually anything in easy monthly installments at this point, whether it's a pair of shoes or a hat, I mean, uh, a Tamagotchi, I don't know, like whatever, whatever it is you're buying some toys for your kids. And we are, as you likely know, not big fans, really, of these buy now pay later companies. It looked like for a second that we were going to see them start reporting the, the transactions of their customers to the credit bureaus, which kind of got us excited for a second yeah. about a low-cost way for folks with bad credit scores to be able to improve their credit scores in a pretty simple, easy way. But alas that's not really happening in a meaningful way. And so buy now, pay later, we would say remains a method of payment that we'd rather see you avoid.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's not necessarily anything nefarious about buy now, pay later from a, like from an interest rate or from a fee perspective. Yeah, they're not right? as bad as penny loans or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. So if you pay your installments off in full and on time, you, like you basically just pay the same amount as you otherwise would have. And so why has this been a topic that we've dedicated so much energy to? Well, it's because that buy now, pay later is creating a psychological effect that's driving folks to buy more than they otherwise would, which is putting them in you know, an uncomfortable financial position. The average cart size of a buy now, pay later order, is quite a bit bigger uh, than it is for other orders, which leads us to believe that this payment method is fueling consumption. This is one of the selling points of these buy now, pay later companies to allow these different retailers to let them be an option as consumers are, are checking out. And so it sounds nice to buy something over time instead of all at once. But way too many folks have found that the ability to pay in convenient, Installments has just contributed to more stuff and less than an ideal savings on hand. Yeah, uh, and so you might hear us say that and think, well how is this any different, though, than than credit cards? Because if you're essentially using this payment method instead of using cash, and I think what we'd say is that you are missing out on a lot of the different credit card benefits that these companies offer you by using a credit card, right? Like purchase protection, uh, sign-up bonuses, uh, just ongoing cash back. And obviously... BNPL is offering none of those incentives. None of that stuff. Exactly. And so, obviously, we don't want you to uh, use a credit card if you don't have that cash on hand to immediately pay it off at the very released by the end of the month. But that's one of the reasons that we're such big fans of of using credit cards. And then on top of that, too, I guess if you think about it this way, when you use a a singular credit card, or maybe even two credit cards, it's a lot easier to manage those cards and look in those two spending summaries, right? Or or you look at your statement and it's, you're able to manage it fairly easily. Whereas with the buy now pay later, essentially it's like each one of those purchases is like its own credit card. And so, you you know, and so like it it becomes easier to let it run amok and cause you to spend more than you were planning on.
0: And so I get, I, I get that credit cards have some of that ability as well. That's one of the things that people criticize credit cards over, right? Is that it It causes people to think less about the money they're spending, whereas it feels more difficult to part from the cash that you have in your pocket, or at least that's historically been the case. Like we've talked about recently, I would be interested to see some new studies to see whether or not that's still the case, because I do think young people have a different attachment to cash than 20 years ago, than people of 20 years ago. But yeah, we think credit cards are a very different method, a very different way of spending. And there's more ways to be disciplined in your credit card spending, and there's more ways to reap rewards from as well. And totally. by, the, by the way, something else that was new this year on the how to money front is the credit card tool that we just launched. That's right. You can find that at howtomoney.com moneycom credit cards if you're looking for a better credit card, if you're looking to maximize the rewards that you get based on the spending that you do. That's right. It's much better than going the BNPL route. But let's offer a few takeaways, Matt, from this year. We t- covered kind of some of the big stories that we felt like were. Integral to kind of what happened in our country, in the world over this over this past year, inflation run amok, crazy job market, leading to lots of people being able to crush it. But um, yeah, let's offer a few just takeaways that we learned from this year, or or things that have at least been driven home a little more deeply. The first thing that sticks out in my mind is the the need for humility. There are always it's always a short supply. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. There's not <laughs> not a lot of that, especially in this space, is in in the financial space. There's a lot of predictions. There's a lot of hubris. There's a lot of tell- people this is what's going to happen or this is how you should act and uh, i guess like talking heads gotta talk like that's their job and that's what they get paid for and so they have to make blustery predictions into the tv screen that we are you know that's on 24 7 or whatever and so as matt and i give advice moving forward like that's a goal of ours is to is to offer effective personal finance advice that you can implement into your life without being too dogmatic
1: that's right, man. Uh, another encouragement we want to provide folks is to accept uncertainty. We make plans, God laughs. That's the, uh, how the saying goes. And so we say that because it's not that we shouldn't make plans, right? But we think that holding our plans a little more loosely, that that is wise. It's darn near impossible. To predict these macro events, the things that we could not have foreseen, like pandemics and wars, even polls for likely political outcomes are often oftentimes dismally wrong. Like the red wave to the red trickle, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And going back to the financial markets, the stock market, it's a lot easier to predict across decades than it is over over specific months. Uh, makes me think of like we had Alison Schrager on the show earlier this year, friend of the show. She calls them uh, known unknowns. I think Donald Rumsfeld. Secretary of Defense, he also said this uh, was popular... Did he point oh, it? Pop- I think she kind of got it from him. Uh, but more recently on my mind, though, from Schrager. But the more comfortable that we can become not knowing the future, and then worrying less about it in general, I think the more successful uh, that we're likely to be. The less anxiety-ridden, too. Sure, yeah. We, we want to encourage folks to, to focus on like, their locus of control, or also known as your sphere of influence, right? Like, we certainly want to pay attention to the news. And that's the entire point of our Friday flights is to be able to interpret that news and to determine how it is that it's going to affect us as individuals. But we want the vast majority of our effort and our time and our energy to be focused on the things that we have direct impact over, as opposed to the things that we have virtually no control over. Yeah. So, all
0: right, last, last big takeaway, I would say, from this year that we had was to be flexible, and we just did a whole episode on this, Matt, episode five ninety nine, because we so we feel so uh, strongly that people incorporate more flexibility into their financial lives and into their personal lives. Because there is more uncertainty. Exactly. It pays to be flexible. For sure. Yeah. And the greater levels levels of flexibility that you can attain from a personal and financial perspective will allow you to weather whatever storms come along, right? With, like I said, less anxiety. You might even you might even be able to take unpredictable events and turn them into something glorious, like turning lemons into lemonade, Mm. like our friend who took her stimulus money to launch an online business that eventually allowed her to quit her day job. That's one of those unexpected uh, sums of money to land in your lap. Mm -hmm. And then you turn turn that into something meaningful. Other people, they bought crypto and more
1: takeout, right? (laughs) And so I I think if you're flexible- They probably wish they would have bought more Chinese food, but they're like, dang it, I stuck it in that one stupid coin.
0: Right. But if you're flexible and
1: opportunistic in that
0: way, Opportunities are going to come along, but you have to be able to pounce and you have to have the flexibility to take advantage of what comes along. So stay flexible, be on the lookout for opportunity, and you're more likely to find it. So yeah, be humble, accept uncertainty, be flexible. Those are our three main takeaways
1: from this year. That's right. And there's a good reason too, why we're not making big predictions for next year, because for the most part, they don't really matter. It it matters less. Like what happens, what actions are taken against you? And it matters more, I think, on how it is that you respond to those actions. Mm. And again, so... We just want to make sure that you are seeing yourself as the one behind the wheel of your life. There yeah. are changes, there are actions that you can take as an individual, regardless of what it is that's going on around us. And hopefully as we are yeah, going into an uncertain year, who the heck knows what's going to happen that that is a note of encouragement for you. Yeah, and there are still ways
0: that we're going to be able to, I think, take the headlines, take the financial news, make tweaks to our personal finance lives so that we can make more progress over time. Like, so you can take advantage of something like iBomb in the face of That's right. r- roaring inflation so that you can... That's something we talked about in yeah. 2020. Yeah. All sorts of little tweaks that you can make along the way. It's important to, to keep growing in your personal finance knowledge. That is what Matt and I, that's what we're here to do. We're here to, to serve you and to offer you the best information that we have so that we can all continue to make progress when it comes to our money decisions. And we look forward to delivering more of that money-saving info moving into next year. Mm-hmm. and um,
1: 2023, baby.
0: Monday is going to be a really fun episode with one of our favorite economists, actually, who has a lot of wisdom when it comes to how to make your goals actually more sticky so you can uh, accomplish (laughs) the things you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So we hope to see you back here on Monday for that interview episode.
1: That's right, man. So we wish everyone out there a happy new year. And Joel, that's going to be it, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out.
0: marketing.com.